This is the Family Man Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm the family man that loves all things tactical. We're coming to you every week with episodes for gun owners, those interested in self-defense and concealed carry, and, of course, all you tactical gear junkies. If you're a family protector, you're in good company. Come on in, pull up a seat, and let's have some fun. All right, welcome back. So this is our third episode on the Family Man Tactical Podcast. And this is getting easier every time uh, every time we record a show, right? So uh, definitely excited to talk about our topic today. It is uh, four things that you can do for new gun owners. I'm you know, really encouraged by the fact that there are so many gun owners out there. Um, you know, last, uh, was it 2020, I was reading um, the Washington Post said that there's uh, something like 1.2 guns for every uh, person in America, man, woman, and child, which is really cool. You know, you think about it. There's just so many guns out there. You know, some people look at that and go, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. I say, no, that's good. That's good stuff. We're a well-armed society. So anyway, that's, uh, that's pretty good stuff. I also, I want to say, I saw that there was, let me grab this other stat here, uh, 5 million new gun owners in 2020. So to put some perspective on that number, we have 1.3 million active duty personnel in the military. We have about 850,000 uh, reservists in the military. So just to put that, that number um, there for you, 5 million new gun owners. So those new gun owners are going to need training. They're going to need encouragement. And I think that the gun community is, you know, is doing a good job of that, really. I mean, there's so many uh, videos and, and things out there on what to do, where to train, all that kind of stuff. That's good. We should encourage that. We should also do that on an individual level, not just on a podcaster level or a YouTube or Instagram uh, level. We should go ahead and encourage those folks too. So this podcast is, is four things that you should do for new gun owners. And as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So down in the comments section um, or the the podcast information section there you have our email which is fm at familymantactical.com we also have a link to our facebook where you can drop me a dm or just post comments um, anywhere on our page there so if you do that we'd be ever so grateful we love interacting with uh, the audience right Okay, so before I get into that, there's also, I have to mention our sponsor, the USCCA, uh, provides insurance for, for those who conceal carry in the event that they're ever in a self-defense uh, situation. Uh, and in the aftermath, and the legal proceedings, etc., they're a trusted partner. I'm a member, and most of my family members are too. You can click on the link in the information area of this podcast and it will take you to uh, download a concealed carry map 
which is really helpful to see what other states honor your permit, uh, what permit is honored by your state, etc. So, okay, four things that you can do for new gun owners. The first thing, obviously, is safety. Now, I know that a vast majority, well, I wouldn't say vast majority, I know a high percentage of those that are new gun owners are also going to get in their respective state their concealed carry permit or conceal, concealed handgun license or whatever state uh, deems that, you know, what terminology they call it. They're going and getting that training. There's usually a training requirement um, and then a, a license uh, procedure. Now, in that training, that required training, uh, those folks have to go through, um, you know, knowledge of safety, function, uh, laws, etc. So, so that's good, but you know, safety should never be a one and done kind of training uh, thing. Now, specifically, what we're concerned about is negligent discharge of a firearm. That's what do they say? Uh, complacency is a killer. Actually, the, the term is uh, complacency is a ruthless bee. Uh, I'm trying to keep this uh, podcast clean of any uh, vulgarity because, you know, you might be having playing this around your family or whatever. So anyway, uh, complacency is a killer, right? So I find that there's a lot of quote-unquote gun people that I grew up around with that sometimes are a little bit careless with with how they handle firearms. And I'll give you a case in point. I have a good friend who was showing me a revolver in in uh, front of his family at the dining room table when we had come over. And, you know, this is a number of years ago. But he he opened the he opened the revolver uh, cylinder and flagged yeah, he, he flagged several people in the room. Even though the cylinder was open, you still don't point a, a firearm at anyone inadvertently. you got to watch that muzzle. This is somebody who grew up around guns. who's just being careless because in his mind, oh, this firearm is, is empty. Uh, I've just checked it, but you know, you're still breaking a firearm rule. And if you get used to doing that, you know, other things will become careless as well. And before you know it, you're going to think you pointed an empty gun at somebody. No, don't worry, it's empty. And it's not, right? So those are things, you know, if you have good stories, I think one of the things that we can do for new gun owners is, um, you know, without uh, getting on the soapbox, discuss, you know, what, what these safety rules mean. I mean, the big four. There's actually a fifth one. Uh, for those that attend range courses and stuff, and that uh, you'll generally hear the range instructor say, "Hey, there's a fifth, there's a fifth um, training safety rule here, and that's don't fiddle with your gun while we're we're online and while I'm teaching the course, right? Because that range instructor has to maintain safety in their course, and there's a lot of people uh, there. So that's that's sometimes you'll hear five, right? But the big four. Uh, are obviously you keep your finger off that trigger right until you're ready to uh, fire the the weapon the big thing there is teaching new gun owners to index their finger right they'll just sometimes if if we teach them to have their finger indexed in the same place every time 
the chances of it floating their 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 index finger floating out there and resting on the inside of a, a trigger guard before they're ready to fire it, it'll be less likely right obviously every gun is loaded and like i just told you that that uh little little story there treating every gun like it's loaded will keep us from flagging people pointing guns inadvertently at uh at folks that uh, you know when we think the the firearm's empty uh stop flagging people right you, don't point the weapon at anybody or anything that you don't wish to destroy. These are things that, honestly, we just got to be cognizant of. I, I've watched people at the range violate these rules. At a range, a gun range. You know, and they, they need to have something said to them, you know, in a way that the message will be received, right? And, of course, this is the big one, you know, that, that when you ask, hey, can you, could you give me the four fundamentals of firearm safety? Uh, being aware of your target, what's in front and behind. And I don't think everybody quite understands why we say behind. Specifically, bullets travel through things, right? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, that's, there's definitely, uh, you know, the scenarios in a self-defense situation. Um, knowing, you know, it becomes evident, you know, there's, there's things behind, um, your target, right? There's also things to the side of your target too. If you're a minute of man type uh, marksman, where you know 50% of your rounds hit the target during good times when you're at the range, and you know what, what is that going to look like under stress? You know, so if there's <clears throat> people to the right, to the left, in a self-defense situation, you know. That's a possibility for tragedy. Anyway, so those are the big four, right? And, and diving into why those safety items are important. It's not just, oh, these are, you know, the precepts of safety, but why? Is there, is, is there a story that you have that you can share with a new gun owner as to why this was so important, what you learned, something like that, making it real for those folks. Um, and of course, we know if, uh, as long as any one of those safety rules are followed, somebody can't die, right? If your finger is not on the trigger, even if you had pointed the gun, you know what I'm saying? So those four rules are, are very supportive of each other, right? And of course, uh, we don't want to break any of those rules. So um, that's honestly the biggest thing that I see that we can help new gun owners with. Uh, the next thing, obviously, is encouraging training, right? So <laughs> this is another thing with that I've seen time in and time out again is somebody goes and gets their concealed carry permit, right? Or maybe they're just a, a new gun owner and they don't get their concealed carry pit, permit and they don't take any training. They just get a familiarization uh, when they buy the gun or somebody shows them and their family, and that's it. Now they've got their shotgun in their closet or they went through their training and they carry their concealed uh, carry pistol and they're good to go. They're trained. Well, we all know that you know, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? And I've said this on uh, the previous podcast. That's one of those things, right? Where if you're not training, you're, you're regressing in your skill set. That's just how it is. So encouraging new folks to get out there, get to the range... Um, and get some realistic training, too. You know, the concealed carry 
training courses in most states, um, they don't look, they, they serve a purpose and they're completely necessary. But don't you think we should kind of view those as a building block? You know, where, where we don't stop with just that training course, we go to the next one. There's, there's all sorts of interesting things that can be trained, such as contact distance, altercations, uh, maintenance, uh, training a maintenance schedule for both um, your firearm gear and also the software, you know, how you react indoors, outdoors, and self-defense situations, all those sort of things, um, down to how, how someone carries, you know, can they get their firearm out under stress with respect to the time frame that a real self-defense situation happens? It happens really quick. And that's why folks train to get a sub-second uh, draw from concealment, right? Those kind of things. So uh, always, uh, always encouraging realistic training, I think, for, for new gun owners. It's that initial training they get is just... Um, really the start of a journey as a, as a family protector, as an armed citizen. Then, of course, uh, encouragement. I think the third one would be encouragement of study, right? So it's important not just to, again, this goes back to that concealed carry um, training where you go over laws and, and stuff like that, but there are some really good resources out there that will further one's ability to read a situation and know, better know from a lawyer's standpoint uh, when deadly force is justified. Because there are times where emotions, not times, I would say almost every altercation, there's some emotional surge on, on both sides that's being controlled, mitigated, or not controlled, right? And knowing when deadly force is justified, training that will help us better control ourselves in, in how to handle those situations. One of, the, one of the best resources I've seen to date is Andrew Branca uh, of The Law of Self-Defense. He wrote a book, The Law of Self-Defense, absolutely excellent book and and he goes into actually one of his students he goes into um, all the all the pieces of the puzzle that need to be present uh, for the justification of deadly force and also encourages folks to understand what their state laws are on the burden of proof for instance i think ohio just changed this um, I could be wrong, so feel free to fact check me. Um, but I know Ohio at least used to be where the burden of proof was on the, the person claiming self-defense. They had to prove self-defense. Where other states, the burden of proof is on the prosecutor to show that it was not self-defense, right? In, in, if, a situation ever goes to the courtroom um, after a self-defense shooting. So it's important to know those things, study those things. I would encourage new gun owners to study self-defense law. And a great place to start is with an expert. Uh, so 
that's something. Um, again, also going to study your state laws. You know, in um, the state I live in, and this is most states that recognize this, but you have a right to, or an acknowledgement by the state, to a right to use force, deadly force, in cases where um, you believe your life is immediately in danger, and use of that deadly force, if you weren't to use that, that you could die. Also, uh, great bodily harm. So understanding terms and definitions of what is great bodily harm, right? Those are things that you got to look into because they, they, they mean something when using deadly force. And then, of course, you know, other than deadly force, what is that? You know, my state talks about that. Um, so in situations where, um, you know, less than lethal, understanding that, you know, you can use that in self-defense and why you would want to and when you would want to. Okay, so those, in a nutshell, are the four things that I think, quite honestly, are the, the four big ones that, you know, we could help new gun owners with that I think are not, you know, earth-shattering and groundbreaking ideas, right? It's just that I think that we pay a little bit of lip service to it. At least I see that on the Internet and uh, can't base uh, life and reality on the Internet, right? But that's where we get to sample a lot of thoughts and perceptions on self-defense. So safety being one of those and encouraging all the different aspects of safety, why they're so important. Um, oh, you know what? I, I named three of them. I didn't name the fourth one. Uh, so the fourth, <laughs> the fourth uh, thing that we can help new gun owners with is dis, um, discouraging myths, right? Dispelling myths. Uh, you know you'll you'll hear folks say, "Well, you never use your sights in a in a gunfight." You know, well, this is completely. While this is probably true for some some folks, that's not what we want to go after, right? Our training should be to use sights because the the old saying that there's a lawyer attached to every round you fire. Well, training to use your sights under stress is what we should be doing right um, and then that goes back into training there but those are myths that you hear and new gun owners you know they might say well okay why do why do i care about training with my sights i'm not going to use them under stress anyway and so they don't end up practicing this skill and then if they don't run into a trainer you know that would it's almost kind of like a compounding problem well if it's just point and click i don't really need to go get training um, and then there you go. Then the training never happens, and they're not going to be accurate under stress at all. You know. Anyway, there's there's also the other. <laughs> this is my favorite. You know, all you need to do is rack that shotgun in a home defense situation, and that person will go away scared. And while that may be true, maybe that has happened. Uh, when when people break into homes in an altered mindset. Maybe they're on drugs. Uh, maybe they just really don't care. You know, that's not something that I would, I would count my, my safety of my family on as the sound of a racking shotgun. Those are things. If you could go dispel some of those myths for uh, folks that are new, new gun owners, new to self-defense, I think that's a, a noble thing to do uh, because those myths could get people hurt, right? Or give false confidence and... 
we don't want to do that. Want everybody to, you know, new gun owners in our community to be safer, you know, um, be more effective. If they're more effective, my community's more safe. This uh, directly affects me. So there you have it. I'm sorry I left out the fourth one there. Uh, but so safety, encouraging training, encouraging study, and dispelling myths. I think those are four ways that we could uh, help new gun owners. Let me know what you think. What do you think? Did I miss something? I like it when folks, uh, again, I keep saying this, I like it when folks write in or uh, drop a note and say, hey man, you, you didn't think of this because then I learned something too, right? But uh, as Joe, the average uh, tactical dad, that's what I'm looking for. That's how I'm trying to help the community. And, and when I talk to folks about this, and I, I know right away that this is something I know that they don't know, I'm always trying to be a little bit co more cognizant of how I come across, you know? I mean, for instance, uh, I, I don't want to be a know-it-all, you know, or come across as a know-it-all. That turns people off. I keep an open mind, but also, you know, hey, have, you know, my buddy, uh, my buddy Joe. Hey, Joe, have, uh, have you considered this? You know, well, where did you hear that? Well, you know, I've, uh, I have some statistics to back it up here, and there's quite a, quite a bit of, um, you know, uh, credentialed instructors that say people actually do uh, and should um, use their their sites under stress and if they hadn't you know gun engineers would have um, taken them off pistols a long time ago because they have a they would be a snagging um, hazard right something like that um, and and go from there in the discussion you know when it comes to dispelling myths or, or whatever anyway um, hopefully you found this interesting and uh, again, love to hear what you think. How are you encouraging new gun owners? Do you feel it's a, a responsibility? Uh, do you kind of see us as a gun owner community? Or is this kind of like, hey, you know, it's their responsibility. If they want to learn, they need to uh, go figure it out on their own. What are your thoughts? Anyway, I know this one's been short and sweet. Uh, definitely uh, would encourage you to add us, follow us on whatever podcast station you use. And... Um, you know, just uh, just keep on tuning in. We'll keep coming back with more episodes. So in the meantime, uh, hope you have a great week. God bless you and your family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>